New on Curiosity Stream. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. I don't, I don't want to come across as snarky, but there might be another way other than adjusting your gain to deal yep. with the children screaming in the background. Yeah, I know. I tried those ways, but you know, not, my lawyer told me that none of them were. None of them were. Going to be very, uh, you know. There will be blowback. Effective for my freedom. We like freedom. At least we. I like freedom. Pretend like we do. Let's not go down that rabbit hole though today. <laughs> Mr. TK, good morning. Good morning. This is a real estate show. Holy smokes. Welcome. How long, we, how long have we been doing this now, Daryl? We have been doing this for, I believe it is seven months. Seven months. When was the last time that you started something and you continued to do it for seven months after the, the novelty wore off? Are you suggesting that the novelty has worn off here? Well, the novelty always wears off, but I think... We, we must be committed. We must be dedicated. I think we, we are. Consistent. I am proud to say that I have done a few other things for more than seven months in my 45 okay. years. Okay, that's good. One, well, I one, think... one of them being my marriage has been kicking around for 20 years. That, that, that is a pretty good streak. Marriage and podcasts. There you go. You're the guy to go to. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene on Wednesday for Daryl's marriage advice. <laughs> on We're our other have a stat show, so maybe we can squeeze it in with the stat show this week. Ooh, stats a stat show this week. Yep. Nice. That's cool. I like it. That's cool. Stat our listeners like it. It's a. It's it's gonna be a crazy stat show, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. What's, so what? Um, what's going on what's in the, the land of TK this week? Okay, I was gonna ask you the same thing, but I'll I'll go first. Um, you know, trying to get out once a week to uh, hit up the ski or the. Uh, toboggan hills or the uh skating ponds with the kids so that's that's interesting school is going back we're excited over at my house let me tell you we like routine we like um we like recess we like you know our oldest going outside and playing with his friends and running around yeah um and yeah we're just kind of looking at the whole big picture here and really we aren't doing too much you know we're we're, we're following the rules as far as the social gatherings my business is essential so i'm strictly seeing people that is an essential need other than that everything's digital i got an offer night tonight and it's all digital um email we do it we make it work we figure out a way awesome. how it's done yeah. awesome Did what about you everything's good we're uh you know, getting a little squirrely again, but uh, the rink is frozen, so we've done a lot of skating. My okay. son is enjoying skating, which is really nice. He's enjoying playing hockey. My son yep. is like six foot two, and his stick is for like a little baby, so I'm going to have to invest in a new stick for him, which will be a I pleasure. If Amazon would deliver a stick. I'm sure they would. Absolutely. They would. I mean, it'll cost triple, but it'll be here tomorrow, so I mean... These are things that we have to balance. You can yes. always get everything tomorrow or the next day on Amazon. And it, it's just a matter of whether you're willing to pay way more and get something far less uh, or, or, or def what's the English here? Inferior mm. is the word I'm trying. I, to I don't think that's always the case, but I agree with you. There's lots of stuff that's like that, where if you just kind of shop around, you'll, you'll get a better deal. You'll get a better deal. Now you yeah. may have to, you know, order it online, wait a few days, go pick it up. Like our toilet yep. uh, flesher broke, which I'm proud to say I fixed by myself. I have become, oh. I have become very handy here. I have fixed a faucet and yes. a toilet seat or a toilet flusher. Yeah. In my lockdown, which I know how to fix the, the toilet flusher. You get a bucket of water and you just put the bucket of water next to the toilet, and then every time. You just use the bucket, right? And well, fill it up at the sink. The initial fix was to just reach into the tank and pull the thing up manually, but that was yes. getting a little annoying. So yeah. I, I bit the bullet. 
and it was it was actually really easy like really easy it turns you know what out I'm, learning? I'm a plumber sorry i'm interrupting you no that's okay. um i downloaded tiktok this week you did did you we yeah. have a TikTok channel. Did you know that? Toronto Real Estate Show has a TikTok channel. We have one I, posting, and it is one, pathetic. Okay. I will uh, follow the Toronto Real Estate Show on TikTok. But anyways, I got TikTok, TikTok because of Tom last week. He said yes. TikTok, and uh, what was the other one? Clubhouse. So I did my first few Clubhouse uh, listening in on webinars, whatever. So that was cool. Yeah. And now I've, I've been scrolling on TikTok, and most of the things that I'm looking at are like construction stuff. So it's like guys who just have really creative ways to do things. And it's, it's quite satisfying to watch, you know, you watch guys who are really good at laying hardwood or finishing tile or painting, whatever. It's, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, these guys are good. It's amazing what has become satisfying when there is absolutely nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so satisfying. Anyways, I'm not spending too much time guy. on it, but that's just what I uh, what I learned in the social media world. Well, speaking week. of social media, you can yeah. follow us on Instagram like many, many, many people right now. Yep. Yeah, we're blowing up right now. Blowing up. It, we are at Toronto Real Estate Show. S-H-O because yep. we're cool. Oh, that's clever. So and, check us uh, out there. You know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like, comment. You know, we really appreciate it. And we know that there's people listening out there now. We're, we're, we know there's at least three, and uh, we're really grateful to have you guys uh, tune in every week. Thank you to all three of you. Now, actually, what I would love is more comments, way more comments. Way more comments. We get comments from a few people who I love. Regulars. Regular yep. people, cool conversations, great feedback. But, like, more of you. There's a lot of you actually watching, surprisingly. Yep. Um Give us a, a shout. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want us to talk about because we're just kind of, you know, winging it here. Yeah. I do have something that I do, I do want to talk about today at length. Okay. And I think, get I, into it. I think that it hasn't got enough attention here in Toronto. Did you hear how I said that? Toronto, like, a, like somebody that doesn't live here. Proper English. Proper yep. English uh, uh, way of saying Toronto. Yep. This article came out, I saw it yesterday. Toronto neighborhoods pushes, Toronto neighborhood pushes back against new condo replacing the Palace Arms. The Palace Arms is a horrific looking building at King and Strawn in downtown Toronto. I guess it's outside okay. of the core, but still downtown. The main, the main focus of this article was not so much that a condo was coming in place of the Palace Arms, but it was the lack of affordable housing that they plan to put in there. And I, I want to talk about affordable housing. I am extraordinarily confused with why it is the developer's responsibility to provide, to be forced to provide affordable housing in the city of Toronto. And I'm sure you will have some very nice, reasonable answers for this. But I don't think that if you can't afford to live in Toronto, then maybe you shouldn't live in Toronto. It, it's a supply and demand thing, and it's a business, right? Like there's nobody putting a cap on the amount of bread that a baker can bake and what the price of that bread should be. The market dictates all of that, mm -hmm. right? Now there okay. are food banks that help people out. I yep. don't I don't imagine the the bread from the food bank is very fresh, but I I I just don't understand why all these people are up in arms when when there are affordable options. You you just have to go to them. Right. Like, for example, did you ever drive through Regent Park before it was redone recently? Absolutely. Looked like Legoland. But was it a place that you thought you should raise your children? No. No. And why, why do you think it got to the point that it got? Affordable housing. Is that the, is that the answer? No, it's not. Oh. It's because the people that either own or run affordable housing yep. don't give a fuck. Okay. Because how could they? 
if if there's no incentive you're saying what is the incentive to care right mm. so so we've got all these people that live in lovely houses complaining about affordable housing or people on lists upon lists upon lists waiting for affordable housing our friend um colton posted something on instagram yesterday where he bought like a house in Welland for, I don't know, $280,000, a house. That seems pretty affordable. Now, do you want to live in Welland? I don't know. But if you can only afford to live in Welland, then maybe you should get off of a list in Toronto and go to Welland. Okay. But, but the, the big problem, and of course I'm taking the developer's perspective, because I'm a developer, okay. why is it my issue to provide the affordable housing for a city whose policies and government uh, almost force this price appreci appreciation? Right? Okay. It's nothing that the developers are doing. I mean, we have markets, we have competition, right? If you can't get $1,500 per square foot for your condo, Yep. You can't, you won't put it up for $1,500, right? If can everybody I, can else... I, can I uh, interject? Is this is this the time that I come in now or no? Well, I guess it is now. Is it? <laughs> so it's great. And in theory, I understand open market makes sense. But when it comes to housing, you have to understand that there are people who need to live in the city who can't afford the house prices. Need. Yes, need frontline workers. Hold on. So this is a real need. This is not a want. This is a right? real need. A need. Who is going who is going to be our nurses? Who is going to be our social workers? Who is going to be the people who's are who are professionals but they're not high income earners. They're not six figure earners. They can't afford the real estate in Toronto. They have to have an option to be able to live in the city. Otherwise, even police officers, I know they make good money. But if it just becomes elitist and you need a quarter million dollars in order to be able to afford a property in Toronto, who's going to police the streets? Who's going to come and check out your permits during construction as a developer to ensure that you're complying with all the building codes? Where are all these people going to come from if you're just in a city of people who can afford the real estate? So there mm. is an issue and it is a fundamental part so, of any city's um, cohabitation. You have to have different levels of income in order to provide the services needed for those people with the income. That is not in dispute. And that is a wonderful answer from a, a wonderful perspective. Okay. Why is it forced upon the developers? Why? I mean, doesn't the province own when the city own a ton of redevelopable land? They don't have the resources to do what the developers are doing and they and they go into partnership with the developers all the time in order to be able to you know figure out how to make this all work you, you've got people who are elected officials here and they're not the highest income earning their their planning and development department it they're not compensated well enough to have that information because if they were they would be on the private development side making the millions of dollars right so so, so they're, they're building out of lego blocks and you want to come in there and, and sculpt some you know masterpiece uh you know out of play right? but, but we have examples in the city where the, the 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 government has put up the property and paid a developer to build a building and created a develop a, 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 an affordable housing complex right absolutely yeah. So why do, why don't they just do more of that? Why is it like who wants to live in a building that has some people that are in affordable units and some people that aren't and some people are paying fifteen hundred bucks a square foot and some people are on affordable housing lists? Like, doesn't that seem like a conflict for for some of the purchasers for for some well, of the let's, people? Let's quickly define what affordable housing is. I think you're making it sound like it's like the region park of the 1990s. No, but that's what it turns into. I disagree. And I think that the model that they have now is going to. So someone I was talking to the other day, I was meeting with them. He's talking and he used to live at Jane and Finch. And he's saying how wonderful it was in the 70s and 80s. And that was a density uh, issue, right? I mean, there was just too many people living in one spot. It drove prices down, which attracts, attracts lower income people. And then the government's got some buildings and all that kind of stuff, too. 
but this integration is going to keep density levels manageable. It's going to keep um, prices competitive. It's going to bring in, you know, so you're not maybe entirely lower income um, demographics and you're going to have people, you know, living together, like I said, which is a very fundamental part of any society. Um, but affordable housing is still not, Daryl, we're not, we're not talking about pennies here. We're talking about 20% under market. Like we're talking about but that's, that's exactly marginal, but that's even stupider. Yeah. That's it. That, like it, that doesn't even make any sense. Right. Like, but it's there to make one, the city feel good to know uh, that they're negotiating and getting some sort of concession from the developer ooh. and that the people who elected them are going to go, all right, great. Palace arms. See you later. But 40% of your inventory will be affordable uh -huh. <laughs> at the end. The, the elitist people end up getting in those affordable units anyways. They like, have you know, like, to. They find their way in. Right? What is the average price of a condo in a new in a in a new construction development in downtown Toronto right now? Twelve hundred bucks, fourteen hundred bucks. Like so. Okay, so yeah. let's say it's twenty five percent less. Okay, you're still over a thousand bucks a foot, right? Yeah. So what is affordable about that? It, so we should be up in arms right now. About more affordable, not not affordable, just a little more affordable. I am a proponent of a little bit more affordable housing, please. <laughs> just a little bit. Not affordable, just a slightly more affordable than what it is. Yes. Maybe maybe the frontline workers should get more money. Okay. Right? Maybe they should be paid, you know, based on what they're doing. I don't know. I mean, well, that's a whole nother conversation that, you know, we try not but to it, talk, but, but it, it's stuff, part but. of it. It's part of the same conversation. It, it has to be. I mean, you brought it into this conversation. It is a okay. real factor because yep. yes, we do need, I mean, policemen are probably pretty beneficial to the city, right? We need them. I think, they're, so, I think they're doing a good job. So I would, I would have to agree with you and, and, and concede on that point. Frontline workers, seem to be fairly necessary, at least at the moment. I imagine they were pretty necessary before, although they weren't considered on the front lines. They were just nurses. But they are pretty yep. important regardless right of there. what we call them, right? Yep. Um, I mean, there seems to be an imbalance here. But at the end of the day, I don't understand still. How is it the developer... Okay, you damn developers need to make less money and make... A little bit more affordable housing in your complexes because <laughs> somebody who's on the front line still can't afford them, right? It's just somebody with more money can just afford. I, I don't even know how it works. You go on a list. How are you affording a, a, a thousand square, a thousand dollar square foot condo? Mm -hmm. Because the, open, the Toronto Open Door um, policies, like I read through those, and now there's they have all sorts of stuff. So they've got income. Um, requirements and they've got uh, you know certain requirements that they're looking at to make sure that the people who are supposed to get on the list but yeah I mean there's definitely going to be a ton of people on that list and I'm pretty sure if you're going to bring um, if you're going to bring affordable housing to, to a family you're going to want to make sure that they qualify and then the market for who qualifies the best it just becomes you know who's most qualified in order to receive these affordable housing, right? So what's this now? Oh, yeah. Here's how much you need to earn to afford a house in Toronto right now. Yeah. It is. And look, what a beauty you can get. Look at this. Look at the one beside it. Look at this. It's all boarded up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful house, though. Uh, listen, gorgeous. at some point in time, and maybe yeah. with a little bit more attention, this thing is definitely you know, got potential. It's beautiful to it. some people. I, I actually do like most of it myself. Yep. Uh, I'm sure the backyard uh, is gigantic, right? Based on, you know, you can see the garage back here, which eats up most of the backyard. I'm yep. sure it's a very, drive. very deep yard here. But look at what the house, you're going to have to move us out of the way here a little bit. Okay. The price of a representative home, they're calling it representative home, which I've never heard before, but that doesn't mean anything. So basically a non-condo, townhouse, semi, single-family detached, the average is a million dollars. What you need as a household annual income to be able to afford one of these, they're saying is 178 and a half 
$1,000 per year. They also say somewhere in here that you need basically five years at a certain percentage of savings in order to afford, afford, not kind of afford, not barely afford, not little bit more affordable, to afford just to live in the city in a house, okay? okay. Five years of savings, which does not take into account the prices increasing over those five years. So at today's <laughs> prices, assuming that nothing yeah. changes, which we all know is extraordinarily realistic right now, right? Mm. If you save up... if Sarcasm it, alert. There's no sarcasm here. That's the funny <laughs> thing. If you yeah. have an income in your household of $180,000 and you can save... 10% of that every year for five years, you probably still can't afford a down payment on a house in Toronto. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it seems to me that the answer to be able to afford something is to find something you can afford, right? People, there's no subsidy. Is there subsidies? We want some affordable cars, right? We want Mercedes at affordable prices. I want the same Mercedes as that guy has, but I want it for 25% less because it's fair. I mean, that's they're not how it works though. That's not, that's, it's different markets, but car, different markets, housing, are, housing is definitely going to be uh, on a list separate from, uh, you know, personal transportation. So, so but you have to, maybe you have to look at why is it that they're doing this, but maybe the answer, if, if, Maybe if you can't afford Toronto and you're a frontline worker or a police officer, for example, if you can't okay. afford to live here, maybe you should go do that somewhere else. And maybe the shortage of police officers in the city and frontline workers will then spur salary increases for those people because they're going to need them more, right? They're going to need to pay them more because either they're going to have to come from Welland Right. Mm -hmm. And incentivize them to come or they're going to have to be able to afford to live in this city. Right. But it, it's it's not Mercedes responsibility to put people that can't afford their cars in their cars. They have to make a more affordable car if they want that segment of the market. Right. But the lower end car vehicles, the, the open market and the competition keeps prices down. Right. And the government grants that support the major auto manufacturers are allowing them to keep the prices and, and keeping jobs in North America. Like they are, they are doing that already in the automotive uh, industry and their car makers are probably saying the same thing. Damn it. Why do I got to sell my Tercel for 15 grand? This is unbelievable. The thing cost me 14, nine. I'm barely making anything. And the government says, well, shut up before you end up getting shipped to Mexico. No, right? but the, the government gives them incentives financially to do those things, right? That's they're, what they're, they're doing for developers. Daryl. How? What, what am because, I missing? Because they're giving them the... Um, We're going to allow money. you to make less money on this project. No, but they, but you... like At the end of the day, a developer needs the permission from the city. They need, they need council to be in line with what it is that they want to build. They need to have everything <laughs> that, uh, you know... You the will city make a little bit more affordable as, housing now. As, as planning, they need to have everything uh, to be in conjunction with that. So it means the developer is getting some sort of um, incentive from, from the government. And there's different levels. You know that there's the CMHC financing that our friends there at Colliers were talking about. You've got, you've got um, different development charges will be, uh, I don't know if they're delayed or if they're, they're offset um, by having affordable housing. Like there's, there's quite a bit of incentives that are there. So why do we see an article like the one that we were talking about? Why, why is that? If there's so many incentives in place for the developer, yes. why are they not putting more affordable housing there? Why isn't every developer going, oh, my God, this, these incentives are so good. I, I'm actually going to do more, a little bit more affordable housing in this building than I was yeah. planning because... I can't pass up this opportunity. This is great. Co cost of land. Cost of land. 
Okay. Cost of land. And why is the cost of what? land going up? Does it have anything to do Hold with on. development Hold on. charges? I just counter argument. Development charges? Daryl, if we lower the prices of land and we lower the cost of real estate, yes. then developers will get their land cheaper and they would their performer would still be uh, making them profitable with the affordable housing. Boom, problem solved. Hold on, say that again because that was so uh, profound. so profound that I missed what you were getting at. If the cost of home ownership, the real estate and land and everything else associated with it goes down, then it means developers will be able to develop their properties and have profits that they're hoping to realize, including the affordable housing, because their cost of acquisition was a lot lower. How, and how does that happen? Well, that's the that's the question. That's what the government's man. That's what CMHG's mandate is. Like they're trying to provide housing, and they're secretly releasing port reports to their contacts in the media to try to get people to pay less money for housing. So here, the higher home ownership uh, percentages they get, the more funding they get from the government, the better they look. So let me give you an example here. Okay. A few years ago, I worked on a deal at two twenty nine Richmond Street West, which is currently a parking lot. Okay. Now, the government wanted to buy this property from the, the owners. They wanted to take it from them because they wanted to make a dog park in the middle of downtown Toronto. And they ended up in a, in a, in, you know, a little bit of a war with the owners because the owners were like, we, we don't care who we sell this to, but we want fair market value. And I actually ended up being used as a pawn in this whole game because I brought them what I felt was fair market value. Now, because of this problem with the city who was like, we want this property and we're going to screw up any development proposal that comes in on this property because we want it for a dog park. Um, we had to get out of the deal. And what ended up happening is the city of Toronto bought this property for $100 million dollars. It is currently sitting downtown with picnic tables and umbrellas so that people could eat outside during the pandemic. Um, if the goal was to create affordable housing, okay, they have this wonderful property that could house, you know, 700 units right now that they own. That they could have shovels in the ground already. They could have, you know, a few floors already built, maybe more than a few floors already built in this wonderful location in the heart of downtown Toronto for all of these people that need affordable housing. But instead, we have picnic tables and umbrellas. Now, explain that to me. Like, how does that help? On top of the swaths of land that the city owns, that ha is far underdeveloped at the moment. Like, why not just say, we'll hire somebody to, b we're going we're gonna to streamline this plan because, I mean, the planners know how to design buildings. That is apparent, right? They know how to at least tell developers how to design buildings much better than the ones that the developers can design. So, <laughs> so why can't they hire an architect? Like, they could have three people in their office. And they could be designing buildings and passing them through and hiring contractors to build these things for them every day of the week. We could have affordable housing all over the place. I would work for this division. And you would be overpaid like every other publicly funded project. Oh, let's been, not go down that ever, rabbit hole today. That's ever been done, right? But maybe there's um, part to of me, the problem. I mean, if they're going to build a dog park, then you're, you know, you're going to have streets full of dog shit all over the place if you don't have a dog park in downtown. So but, there's always a, there's always a purpose for what their what their plans are, right? So um, but I I hear you. It's 100 million dollar dog inside. park. Pardon? 100 million dollar dog park. It sounds like an expensive dog park, but in an area where the cost of real estate is what's the cost of an acre in downtown Toronto? Apparently a hundred million dollars. Okay. So where else are you going to put a dog? Like that's how much a dog park costs. Well, but they're planning on building that whole park above the, uh, the rail, the railroads, which will okay. only cost $8 billion. Well, there you go. So that hundred million dollar dog park was a deal. I, I, just... so I get it. I know, I know it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, you know, public interest, uh, pressure, you know, from, from their, their constituents and stuff like that too. I was talking to somebody, can't remember how many days ago, but I was talking to him about um, 
how it used to be. And he said, uh, when somebody wanted to develop a property or you wanted to build or, or, or get into get involved with whatever it was, there used to be only so many ways that people could be notified about it. So, you know, you call your friends, say, oh, they're, te- they're tearing down palace arms, you know, get down here quick. We're going to we're going to start a riot now because of the Internet. All these people get this information so quickly. Yeah. They get this, you know biased video of why somebody should believe the way that the person who's making the video believes. And then they end up all running down there thinking that they're standing up for something for the greater good or whatever it is. And next thing you know, the city's hands are tied because they're like, look, there's thousands of people right now who are protesting this. The city's never had to face that before. Right. Imagine what that would have been like 30 years ago. Have you ever there would driven- have been a city council meeting with 20 people from the community who all been inside. Oh, no, no, no. And they all, I, I told you, I listened in on that one project on, shepherd there on on youtube and i was hearing, i was hearing what the community members were talking about and what they were arguing about and their, their complaints and concerns and they made no sense nobody had any experience or done any research whatsoever no they just knew they didn't want it to happen <laughs> they didn't want it they're like no 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 this can't happen here right? it's because of the price of soybeans <laughs> don't you know we can't have this here right exactly it was it was funny like it was like okay i get it i see the frustration that developers have when this kind of stuff happens i'm sure that my position is not the most popular with most people but i don't believe you have convinced me otherwise so far now i don't know if this is on the same topic but i do think it is kind of tied into this let's go to Boom. No, that's not it. Let's go to our wonderful new website. Look at this website that we have. It's all the articles. You hear about what we're talking about. You want more info. You go to torontorealestateshow.com forward slash oracles. (laughs) Is that what it said? Articles? Articles. Don't worry. The T is silent. Oh, no. I guess I need (laughs) to change that. Thanks for pointing that out on air. That's great. Yeah. All right. New map tracks massive evictions happening across Toronto. So, I mean, we we really care about affordable housing. Okay. We really care about the people because we want them to live in the affordable housing. But let's get rid of all these people. Let's evict. Look at this map here. These are like layers. I don't see the map. How can you unshare and then reshare? Because you, you shared the old window, so unshare it and then share it again and select the map window. Damn you, TK. Well, I just want people, the viewers, to have the same experience that you're having over there. You're excited. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen? What is going on here? I believe they saw what I was seeing, but I could be wrong. No, we just saw the um, list of articles, the titles. Yeah, we oh, just saw that. No, I see. I'm doing it all wrong, TK. Okay. I'm doing it all wrong. Blame the interns. You know, the interns in the back today are they're screwing things You're up. You're all fired. Quiet. Quiet back there. You're fired. Send you back to where you came from. This is a professional show. Google. I will accept got them from nothing. Google. Nothing lower than perfection. Okay. okay. So, wow, that's a lot of evictions. New map tracks mass evictions happening across Toronto. Now, this website was not created by the government. No. Of course, because... I don't imagine this makes them look very good, but this, this doesn't look very good. (laughs) I mean, if we, I don't know if I can zoom in, but there is like layer under layer. Like there are like, I don't even know how many underneath each other here. People Mm -hmm. are getting evicted in mass on mass. This is scary stuff. Isn't you know, it? an eviction application doesn't necessarily mean that there is an eviction that's going to happen. Um, there is a moratorium on evictions right now, too, right? There are a lot of applications. If you go down to any of the... Um, what are you regions, saying? That they uh, may not be invi- evicted? These are just hearings? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you go... To, like, I've been to lots of hearings, and sometimes people show up, and they, they pay the money that's due. The landlord was, you know, wrongfully evicting them. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could go could go wrong. Is this a huge number compared to what it normally would be? Of course, yeah. COVID's had a lot of strain on the economy, and people are losing jobs. And because they're not as afraid, because they think, well, right now I'm not going to be evicted. I'm not going to have to show up to the tribunal, and the, the sheriffs are going to come because... 
they feel like they have a little bit more protection. So they're getting away with a little bit more um, time before they, before they finally decide to leave. But um, you know, rental, rental prices are down. So at the end of the day, people will find another place to go. And um, you know, imagine if rent prices were record highs again, like they were a year ago and we had all these evictions and everyone was like, I've been, you know, I can't pay my $1,500 a month rent and now it's 2000. That would be a tough situation. That would be more catastrophic, I think. Comprende? Comprende. I'm saying that the the eviction orders that are and applications that are out there right now isn't like the pitch. It's kind of it was kind of like the mortgage deferrals, you know, like it was. It's scarier than it looks. It's less scary than it looks. <laughs> the, I think I think you were right the first time. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not as scary as it looks. That's what I mean to say. Well, yeah. I think it's sad mm -hmm. because a lot of those people will end up evicted. There will definitely be people who will be evicted. And the, and the government's doing everything they can to delay that, right? Oh. So right now, the eviction orders are not being... Um, carried out so you know they'll, there, they'll there, have... there was a period in between lockdowns where they were evicting people at a record pace yeah and they're also the the tribunals right now with the um zoom calls like the video calls are really kicking butt they're, it's they're, crazy they're, and you yeah. got you got some poor person there who doesn't even have internet access or yeah. doesn't know how to use zoom and they're like I'm trying to get on. Somebody hello? help hello? me. Hello? I don't Did know they how to use name? this. Can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> Can you hear me? They're, they're hard. Like they're, you know, if you're not there, it's, uh, you know, it's a battle. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. Boom. Stamp. Eviction. Yeah. I, yeah. I so was they're, trying they're at least to. granting the eviction orders, but they're not enforcing them. I was trying to. You, I, it said I wasn't muted. I could hear you. Uh, the host was in on? another meeting. I, I thought my, you know, yeah. it wasn't my day. <laughs> the host is in another meeting, evicting yeah. my neighbor. Yeah, that's okay. You know what? It's confusing, but at the end of the day, the the, the people are, uh, you know, there's mass change here. And, I, and I, I try to be sensitive to everything, but yeah, there's definitely some people who have hit hard times. There's definitely people who are going to have to make some changes. There's definitely people who need to move to Welland, Ontario. I agree with you, Daryl. I'm not saying that that's, that's you know, don't not like it's not possible to keep everybody here in Toronto and tell everybody we're just going to find a place for you and don't worry we're going to take care of you no there are lots of people who need to leave the province who need to leave the city who need to go into different fields who need to get more government support who need to move back in with their parents there's a lot of there's a lot of that out there and you know, I, I hope I they all get back on their feet I don't want you to confuse my honesty with a lack of sensitivity I'm not but I, I mean these are all very sensitive issues, but they all have really easy solutions. Now, let's just take, for example, there's an area that I've been watching for a while. It's okay. at Weston and Lawrence, okay? Yes. Not the nicest area in the world, not no. the worst area in the world, but what not they have, what they have is an yes. Up Express Go station, okay? Or I guess it's called an Up Express station. I don't think it's exactly Go. But what they have is one station in between them and the airport. There's a lot mm -hmm. of jobs out there by the airport. And they have one stop between them and Union Station. There's a yep. lot of jobs in downtown. Now, what they also have is very low prices. I would call them affordable or definitely yeah. a little bit more affordable so why aren't the developers putting in applications in that area? They are slowly. Okay. They are starting slowly. to. Okay. They are starting to, but where's the incentive? Because the prices are super cheap and light, like the numbers don't work. The yep. numbers just don't work yet. So, so, yep. so, but there, there's plenty of opportunities for people to have an, a much more affordable place to live right there. They're a mm -hmm. 20 minute train ride to downtown Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. why, why isn't that being? You heard it here for, first, folks. Invest in the Western Village. You will, you will have returns hand over fist. Today's cheap. Tomorrow's expensive. Today Get in there. is cheap. Tomorrow's the developer is speaks. You got to listen to these guys. They and, know. And while all of this is going on, we have stuff like 
this, damn it, uh, fierce bidding. Oh, fierce bidding. Yeah, fierce good. bidding for Midtown Toronto homes. Now I didn't pay a dollar ninety nine, so we probably. See. You got to go on incognito mode and then you don't have to. No, it doesn't work. They figured that out. Oh, look, I can read it. Not that it really matters. Uh, right. But there are some crazy like over asking prices going on here. Uh, I don't find that they're crazy. Well, I mean, I think, I think what's crazy is the starting price. Right. So here we have a listing for one point five nine five sold for one nine two seven. That yeah. seems a little bit. Is this bouncing girl bothering anybody else? There you go. You're gone. Okay. We have 1.499 selling for 1752. Now, most of us are not in the same income bracket as TK. And $252,000 more than the asking price seems outrageous. Now, I didn't do my research. I'm guessing that this house was probably worth around one seven. But who sure. the hell knows anymore? TK, do you know yeah. what the hell is going on out there right now? Do I know what a, 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 a price of a house is going to sell for every time? Absolutely not. No, I'm but do you have an wrong. idea of what it's or worth? Do you have an I idea? I have an idea of what the data supports, but that's about it. Because the market is always, always, always ahead of the data. It doesn't matter how much data you have. The market's in charge. And if the market's gone one way or the other, the market will reflect what that sale price is going to be. So Unless um, yeah. you're a developer being forced to do more affordable housing because then the, the market isn't allowed to dictate everything. Well, thankfully, that's a smaller market. Sorry, I had to, I had to do that. But okay, so, so we have ridiculous bidding wars going on all over the place right now all over the place ridiculous right now. we talked ridiculous. about it last it makes week makes no sense you were saying 56 offers i read an article about 70 offers in mississauga yep i i i can't even believe like just for fun i was on realtor.ca yesterday mm -hmm. and i was like holy cow like to, it is in to buy a bungalow in the area where i live right now a bungalow that is unhabitable. Is, yeah. is that the right way to say that? Unhabitable. Unhabitable. Okay. Inhabitable, yeah. It's 1.4 friggin' million dollars. And you yeah. still have to build a new house on there. Yeah. And that new house is going to be Realtor. another million CA. something. When you go to Realtor.ca, there's usually 250,000 listings. Like, I mean, it was at least a few months ago when things were a little bit more normal. And right now it's like 180,000. So that's all across right. Canada. So that one four. Way less listings. But the one four is never selling for one four. Uh, you're talking about that Midtown example? No, I'm talking about oh. just a bungalow around here. Like yeah. if it's listed for one no, four. No, there's, there's properties sitting on the market right now that are, that are, you know, 30, 60, 90 days on the market. It's really? not like it's, it's not like it's people are stupid. It's just when you do price it low, and you get everybody interested and everybody comes and they all think that they can get a good deal in this market. And they think, I can't believe it. The prices that I saw before, this is what I can afford. They know that the house price that they're selling has gone up. So they think finally 1.4, I can do it. And there's that one guy who's like, I got 2 million, but I'm going to look at the property anyways, because it's at 1.4 and maybe I'll go up to 1.75. He loves it. He puts in his offer. Seller cashes the check. One winner. Check uh, this 69 out. 69 losers. There's That's a it. major catch to this $1.4 million Toronto property. This is actually around the corner Headline for grabber. me. Yep. Well, I mean, they did a beautiful digital rendering. Yeah, the catch is it doesn't come with the house. There's no house. <laughs> There's you know? the house. Beautiful house, though, in the picture. Right? Yep. Beautiful house in the picture. $1.4 million. With a Porsche in the driveway. Better be. But you get this and some approved drawings. Yes. That seems reasonable, right? So yeah. to build Anybody? that house is going to be, I'm guessing it's a 3,500 square foot house. Somebody's going to pay huh. 400 bucks a square foot. What's the math on that? I don't know, but it's over 1.2 million 1 .5, for sure. 1.5 to so build. So now you're yeah. in for 2.9 million to live around yeah. the corner from me. 
and that yeah. is no selling you, feature. There's better deals I'll out there. That. There's better <laughs> deals out there, but where are they? How but much? Mo- mostly in these cases, Daryl. Mostly in these cases, is somebody's gone. They've um, decided to buy a lot. They're looking at building. They come up with this beautiful design. They say, man, I'm the best developer, designer, architect, you name it. I, I've got the plans. They, they pay all the right people. Everyone takes their money. Oh, you're so smart, Jim. You know, you know exactly this house is going to be great. They get all their quotes in from their contractors. They realize that it's way over budget and that the house is never going to be worth what it's, what it's going to cost them. And they say, well, if I build it, I'm going to lose money or I'm not going to make a profit. So instead, I'll sell the lot with the plans and I'll make more money just on the lot as is with no risk without even lifting a finger no client no terry on warranty to deal with for the next 10 years this is common this is very common very common but what's crazy is that the new houses in this area are currently selling on realtor.ca for 3.2 3.4 built yes yeah but the prices are nuts. The yeah. prices are nuts. Huge difference, though, when you when you're when you're talking about a house that's already built that you get to walk into and then you put down your money, right? Financing, comfort level, seeing the actual room sizes and all that stuff, you get the feel for it. That's when people buy three million dollar houses. But the, this is crazy. Like, so many, we talked. Develop- we talked earlier many- this week. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's not that important. It's probably more important than what I have to say. Well, how many new developments are selling $3 million, $3 million houses, right? Pre, pre-construction. Lots right now. Oh, not pre-construction. Pre-construction. No, nothing yeah. pre Although there Hard is re- some crazy... It happens. It exists. Not not like these custom homes for $3 million, but like subdivision homes are in the $2 million range or more. And mm-hmm. they're up in like Richmond Hill, Young and, and like yeah. Jefferson Side Road. You, can, you yeah. can own a house for $2 million. This is, this is great. And people are buying them. Like, where is all this money coming from? I I called you earlier this week to to get some background on a million-dollar townhouse. Yes. This townhouse was, like, from 1999. It's backing onto a parking lot of a retirement residence. It's up at Young and Elgin Mills. It's a beautiful house, right? It's, yeah. it's, I don't know, 2,000 square feet, 2,200 square feet, split over 14 floors, right? <laughs> but it's a million dollars, a million one, 900, yeah. whatever they end up getting for it. This was off market. But like, yeah. there are less and less options for normal people to buy houses. It is crazy. So like, this affordable thing is not going anywhere. And it's not getting solved anytime soon. It's it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse because soon affordable yeah. will be a million dollars. So I think a couple things at play here. Let's try to get the positive uh, the positive outcome out of all this. That doesn't. So get one views. is one is there's a huge trans uh, transfer of wealth that's going to happen as the baby boomers are cashing in their real estate and helping out their children. That's 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 really 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 clear that there's an amazing amount of wealth in people. Um, of that uh, age category, right? And they have children and, they, and they're going to be looking at buying and selling, right? Two, you know, buying a home, you know, may not be something that somebody can do until they get married, okay? We are, we are far past the 1950s households where most households, not all, we won't give examples, but not all, where uh, both spouses don't work, right? A lot of the couples both? that I know, both, both spouses work. Oh, work. You said don't work. Uh, one of the spouses don't work. That's, that's what I meant to say. So now for the uh, typical household, there's two incomes, right? Then you've got all these young people who are looking at all these house hacking and all these secondary incomes and side hustles and investment returns and passive income. And there's a lot more out there that people are going to be able to, right? Yep. People are going to be able to generate more income to support their housing needs, right? So, But those um, are the same people that want to live in like Porta Plata and do it from there. No, oh. these are the same people who've got, you know, the nine to five. Those people are the extremes, but the, the, the typical one, they've still got their nine to five here in the city. They've still got their 60 to $80,000 a year income uh, from their job. 
and they're bumping it up to six figures and they have another partner who does the same thing, they're hitting that $180,000 target to be able to get into the average home and their comfort level. So interest rates are going to be low for a while. Even if they go up, what are they going up to? 4%? Like, what are they really going up to? Right? They're not going up past four. So when you're looking at long-term uh, debt, uh, these people are saying to themselves, hey, it's crazy not to get a six to $800,000 mortgage. That's what you need to do. And that is acceptable. That's like, that's no big deal. I'm going to go out and get a six to $800,000 mortgage. The bank's going to qualify me. It's going to, I'm going to meet all the ratios. I'm going to try to find some extra side hustle income to be able to make sure that I get to do the, um, the, the lifestyle that I want to live, you know, go on vacation stuff like that. Use some house hacking to maybe generate some income from a basement apartment, which more and more suites are going to have more and more houses that'll be built or, uh, houses that are existing are going to start having more income properties. That's something that we seriously lack, right? Who, who gets affected by this? Who gets affected by both parents working, not only full-time, but yep. side hustles on top of their full-time jobs? Who gets affected? Well, I'm, the I'm children. thinking of the children, but, but the, the main the thing is, is children, the poor the main children thing is, is that the lifestyles are different. And also job types are different, especially if people are going to be working at home one, two, three days a week right? There's so many different things that are um, part of the lifestyle that we have today that kids can, can spend more time with their parents, right? Side hustles kids can get involved with. There's, there's, you're not thinking about going to the mines and I'm leaving at 6 a.m. and coming home at 8 p.m. and I'm working extra hours. That's not the, the job that people have today, right? But when a kid you is know. like born in their formative years, like before they actually go to school full time, who the okay. hell's watching these kids when the parents are both working even nine to five jobs, nine to four, 10 to four. The well, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously childcare is something that has to be uh, thought about. So in the beginning, maybe you're not buying a house until your kids are in school. Maybe, maybe, that's maybe the sacrifice. developers should pay for childcare. Again, sarcasm alert. Where? And, uh, <laughs> that, that's going to be next. Yeah, I, I don't think I every don't development think has to come with free childcare a child care center in the, in the basement why the hell the not company. and a school what what an idea though let's go let's take this seriously what an idea for a condo to have in-house child care for everybody who's a part of the uh, condo board like everybody who's in the condominium and there's a budget Sa sounds like a good way to keep those monthly fees down so that the places are a little bit more affordable well i think that if it's well managed it can be done I think that you're right. I also yeah. think that there's a solution here okay. that, that might work. So one of the problems that is driving up the prices of all of the real estate is the fact that there's a labor shortage, right? There, there's a, a huge shortage in, in the people willing to do the hard work necessary in order to build all of these houses and all of these condos. Right. Yep. And so what happens is the, the general contractors who are fortunate enough to have labor, you know what they get to do, right? Jack up the prices. Jack them up, baby. Jack yep. them up high. Right. Because yep. it's like double. We're doubling you, the prices. If, I know I tried you this last time, but this time it's going to be this price. If, if you want us, I, I mean, the other guys, it's either you yes. or you this no. guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't care because I'm here to make money. Right. I don't care who I work yeah. for. So we have this generation of people that I would I would say our generation is part of. Right. We have yeah. multiple generations of people that are like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not breaking my back all day. I'm not going out in the freezing cold. Right. And okay. I'm not I'm not getting to robots here, although they are the answer and they will okay. always we won't go there today. We the won't go there answer. today. We will not talk labor. about robots. labor shortages, but there's uh, some of these guys in construction make some serious money. Big time. They make a lot of money and they can, I mean, not that they have much time other than work to enjoy the money, but they can make some serious money. If, I mean, have you seen some of the houses that some of these construction workers live in? I mean, a lot of them are smart. They go far away. They buy these big, beautiful houses. They trek back and forth for an hour, hour and a half every day. They leave at 5 a.m., less traffic. And they don't give a shit, right? Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're few and far between nowadays. 
and and mm -hmm. we need to somehow incentivize or we need to figure out a way to get all these other generations interested in doing that because it, it, it is not a secret we're getting short on time here and i am running long on opinions <laughs> we are we are there's a huge opportunity here right because we have definitely there's no doubt about it that the canadian government and the bank of canada have inflated our way out of this mess okay with the real estate markets real estate market and stock market but a gigantic portion of why we are not in as dire a position as we should be is because mm -hmm. of all this money printing and all of these asset uh, uh, inject or injections of funds pushing asset prices up and allowing them to be affordable with low interest rates, right? It's all policy and shenanigans that have kept this thing afloat and are yep. going to keep it afloat for a long time. And they've basically told us, like, we're going to keep doing this until everything is okay and we come out the other side. Right. So it seems to me with all of this unemployment, right, that there's a lot of opportunity for people to work in construction right now. But mm -hmm. they'd rather take eighteen hundred dollars a month for nothing than actually go out and make thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to do some hard labor. I don't blame them. I personally would never want to be a carpenter in the winter in Toronto. I would never want to slug concrete at any point in time in the city of toronto <laughs> any season any season yes. but yeah. but we're different though i mean that's look i know guys who are really happy in construction like that like that's what they do and they could never imagine wearing a collared shirt and 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 slacks driving around all day long with a briefcase like they think that that is just outrageous it seems like they're, we're doing nothing a hundred percent but where is yeah. everybody why is everybody sitting at home and not like why do we not have a oversupply of labor in the construction market because it's so great to work in this market because mm -hmm. i mean that solves pricing issues that solves uh employment issues that solves affordability issues that that mm -hmm. solves all kinds of stuff right that doesn't it that's 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 something that's been around since i was in school and, and probably when you were in school as well too is uh the school curriculum promotes um, university post-secondary education, right? They promote white-collar jobs, right? That's what they do. They the promote. They promote the academics. Yeah, they promote academics. Right? Now we're so, getting somewhere. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. But I think that that is that is I think the fundamental part of it all, right? Is that there's a really 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 good. And the guys who I know, it was always like a connection. It was a family connection. Sure. Friends that they were close with ended up going to construction. And then they went down that road and they've been very successful. How do you know if you it's, like it or you, you don't people. like it? If your family isn't in construction and you, did, yeah. weren't, you, know, you didn't get a, a, a slice of it, you didn't get a taste of it. How, yeah. I mean, me, in my younger days when I was in school, I mean, I think I had a choice between a birdhouse and something out of tin and i forget it was a picture frame so we were allowed we were allowed to build either a birdhouse out of wood and a picture frame out of tin okay mm -hmm. and that was that was my construction experience growing up that one project in grade nine shop class or whatever grade it was grade eight but what like yeah. why are we not like having kids like build houses like just practice on them well we will solve this mystery next time on the Toronto Real Estate Show with Solutions to all the world's problems, not just real estate. <laughs> you know, I, I think so. I know. I, I get think it, that's Darryl. what it's turning into here. I think I this is the voice of reason. The voice of reason. Yeah. I'm going to send this to the city hall. Um, Monday's that show. Listen. Let's do it. Okay. Monday or yep. Thursday? As, Monday. as you want to do it Monday? Yeah. I'm in. I that's will possible. be there. I think if it's you haven't, If you're still listening and you have not liked or subscribed or commented, that's the time. wrong with you? Come we're on. You know how we're, this we're, works. We're accepting subscribers. Yes. And, and we, will, we will keep the price where it is right now for a limited yeah. time. No commitment. No obligation. No obligation. We thank like you it. all. Thank you for Thanks. being here, Mr. TK. Thanks, always a always, pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for absolutely destroying everything that I had to say today. I always love that. 
and you bring up a lot of great points. I, I think you do too. And I think that, I think that was a lot of fun. All right. I liked it. I enjoyed Thanks, it immensely. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.